welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm McLeod. And joining us once again is Robert Delilah. Third time's the charm, it seems. Welcome to the Third Timers Club. It's like you, Ray Lynn, uh, Private Citizen Dom. Oh, Dom's done it like seven, six or seven times. Yeah, but he's in. He's at least got three. Oh, he's got. <laughs> he's in the Timers Club. He's in the Third Timers Club. He's in the Fourth Timers Club, uh, yeah. etc. Logan um, is there as well. You know, it's a yeah, we've got this group. We've got we've we've built it up. Sasha, Sasha, husband, lovely editor, Sasha. Liz, Lizzie, and Alex are both in the uh, the third timers club. Oh yeah, that's true. Quite a, quite a few people. We we've built up a little cast, uh, just like the show Cowboy Bebop. I got one question for you, Malcolm. Yeah. What's the most important question of the? What's, What's the most important part of the stew? I don't know. What is? It's the, you think it would be the meat, but it's actually the stew mix, you know? <laughs> so stupid. I love it. Um, we're talking. We are we are continuing our Cowboy Bebop coverage um, with Cowboy Bebop the movie. Um, we have finished talking about the series, but we still got uh, the the big the big little movie. And then we will be covering the live action uh, Bebop adaptation, which as of this recording... Uh, we have not seen, but are now, uh, we have read the reactions, uh, some of the early critical reactions, which are maybe less positive than we hoped. So, but, You know what's interesting about that is that I was reading some of the reviews of this movie, of the Cowboy Bebop movie, and it feels very similar, where they, there are people who are like, I think this is good, but obviously like some of the reviewers did not watch the show. And mm-hmm. they're like, uh, but at the same time, you know, I also, you know, there was, you know, some legit criticism there too, which we'll, you know, we'll get into the movie, but I feel like that might be the same for the, the, this live action show where certain people will be like, oh, because they saw the, you know, animated show, they're going to like this show, but people who don't maybe aren't going to appreciate it as much. People who perhaps have watched the show and just don't like the adaptation or are just really against uh, live action adaptations of anime. I was thrown for a loop the other day when I looked and saw that they had just finished casting for the live action One Piece. And I was like, they're doing live action One Piece? That's a thing? Yes. I am unironically excited for that um, because I think for one thing with One Piece, there there is a benefit to that. I like the idea of a One Piece, a version of One Piece that isn't a thousand episodes long. Uh, so I'm down for something that kind of, um, <laughs> can you know, Brit, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, compresses the story into something more manageable. Something I do know digestible, yes. I know for a fact the first season's doing the entire East Blue Saga, but again, that is something where I can see them doing that in 10-hour-long uh, episodes. I think the casting isn't bad. I think uh, the guy looks like Luffy, has that Luffy feel. I like the... Um, Oda said that Luffy would be Brazilian. The actor um, they cast is like a Hispanic actor. I think he's only acted in uh, Spanish-language television so far. So this is mm-hmm. his first English-language thing. So that's cool um yeah like the they've got the uh the nationality is like pretty much correct which i like again like you saw yeah, this played yeah. by someone of african descent yeah um, Us- they actually made Usopp black which is you know i didn't think they were gonna do that or at least he's 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 definitely like there's some colorism there when people have issues with but i'm not that's a whole different bag of worms yeah, i want to get into I think- I think the actor who's playing Usopp looks like Usopp. Like, in yeah. a, in a, he actually does. You know, he's got the curls and stuff, which is important. Um, and the actress playing Nami is just uh, stunning, to say the least. So they got that down. Well, this isn't the uh, One Piece Life adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the development of this movie. So development for this movie started shortly after the series was completed. Um, Watanabe had two guest directors um, for the film. Uh, one of them composed the, uh, the uh, early uh, the opening sequence, like the very, very opening sequence. And then the other person constructed the Western film within the film, which he said <laughs> um, he said it was because they were very different and they just didn't have enough time to finish the movie. So He's like, I need, I need to let someone I trust handle these segments. Which is actually, it really worked uh, in my mind, like that Western film where it's like, oh, it definitely felt different. And it, like, it felt like, oh, they're actually watching a movie within the show where like, I think there's like a lot of, you know, these shows and movies that are guilty of when they put something else on the screen. It like, just feels like a continuation of mm-hmm. that world. Like just, it's the same animation style and all this stuff or that it, it felt like, oh, this is like, this could just be released as like a short film companion yeah. of like, oh, like the film within the film. Like, I I don't know. It's like something like I remember watching um, like Inglorious Bastards and they have the like the German propaganda movie that actually felt like a movie when you're watching it. Like it doesn't feel like it's a part of the like just the rest of the story. It's like, oh, no, it's serving this purpose. So I don't know. It's like those small details that I feel like, you know, kind of helped with this uh, with this movie. Yeah, I really liked the, like you were saying, really liked the uh, the the drive-in. First off, spaceship drive-through movie, awesome, hundred percent. Yeah, cool, very cool concept. Yes, but at the same time, yeah, the movie itself that it was on the screen had a lot of. I loved the art style with that had so much uh, artifacting on the actual like you know fake screen itself, and it just seemed like you know I'm dropping into like I felt like walking past the living room at my grandparents' house when my grandpa would watch The Rifleman. Like, I'm not listening to it, but I see what it is. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's a happening. And then I'm doing my own stuff, which was, you know, the actual movie itself. One thing I really like, and this is about the character of Vincent. In one interview, uh, Watanabe said he was intended as a type of villain that could not be done in the series. But then in a later interview, he says he didn't feel Vincent was particularly unique. So I like how he's like, oh, no, he wasn't actually that unique of a villain. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. It just talked him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was like Vincent's feel like he's not a very memorable villain. Like that is probably the biggest sin of this movie is that you look at the villain. You're like, oh, like this is the guy who's, you know, supposed to be like their, you know, toughest foe or like like he does. He's just not as memorable as some of the like other villains we've seen, whether it's well, like Teddy I- Bomber or like, you know, Pierre. Lefou not- and stuff like that. I noticed that you did not say vicious, which is funny. Uh, and well, again, vicious fucking sucks. All right, like <laughs> vicious is bullshit. He like he's like, everyone keeps you know he's like oh he's the ultimate villain. I'm like I could barely remember him. Every time he was there, I just was like Jesus Christ, and I just like kind of like dozed off because he fucking sucks. <laughs> like and like and he's gonna suck in the live action show. <laughs> like he's just I've, gonna be like I've... insufferable. You know, I've, like I've, that's the thing you don't want in a villain is someone who's insufferable. Didn't they hire like a K-pop guy to do the live action for Vicious? Am I no, remembering that wrong? No, it's a it's a white European looking dude. And from what um, I mean, this isn't a spoiler since I guess this is, this podcast is coming out weeks weeks and maybe a month or so later. But um, I did read that Vicious is given um a backstory where where he's like uh a crying toddler and his dad's abusive to him or some shit. And uh, just from to I've justify read, him, why he's such a piece of shit. And also to justify the fact Daddy that he yelled at me <laughs> when I was a baby. Oh, wham, wham, now I gotta go murder vicious. people. <laughs> yeah, your dad was right to, to bully you as a baby. Oh my God. 
and also to uh, bear in the mind, the Red Dragon's crime syndicate can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, bear in mind that you know uh, the the Netflix adaptation episodes will be an hour long, so of course they have to justify that length by giving backstory and stuff. To again, that's the beauty of uh, Bebop the series. Uh, it's twenty minute episodes; they're like mini movies. And that's the other thing uh, to segue into Watanabe's intent. So he originally wanted Cowboy Bebop to be a feature before it became a series. And again, when he was making that series, he kind of wanted to have that mini movie feel. So when making this feature, he didn't find it that hard to to come up with like a longer narrative. And the mm-hmm. other thing, too, is um, a funny uh, thing in the development process. Even though he did have this uh, idea for it to be a feature, the film was supposed to be 90 minutes. And then halfway through production, they're like, oh, we're going to slap another half hour onto that, which did not make the staff happy. <laughs> They're just like, it makes oh, sense <laughs> why there are so many parts in the movie that 100% they don't belong there. But like, you know, there was there was some padding. There was there was there was actually quite a bit of padding. If I oh, yeah, this movie is just is a little long. You're like you're watching it. You're like, there's some really great moments in there. But yeah, you, you could trim the fat like you could just be like, why is this here? Like, you know, like that one character. um you know the lab tech who asks Electra out on oh. the date, and, you're, and she's like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess the date's not gonna happen after like she has to run away. And I was just like, why is this here? Like, why do we? I don't know who this guy is. He's doesn't. He's not really that important. Yeah, I especially since I thought he was gonna get murdered too because you know he was in the lab checking the blood sample. Then all of a sudden the other guy like just snuck up behind him in the darkness. I'm like, this guy's like, I if they didn't show me anything else from that scene, I'd think he was dead. Oh yeah, well that's the whole thing with that like organization where they're like we have to erase the your memory and like and all that stuff. Where I was just erase the existence. Aren't you a medical pharmaceutical company? Like, what's happening? I think they were uh, legitimately just the military. Was it? Yeah, that was the <laughs> thing that was a little confusing. I was like, are you this pharmaceutical company? Are you like a military? Is this like a military, like undercover operation? You know, also, I initially thought Electra was, you know, a detective. And then turns out she like works for this company or is military or whatnot. And yeah, it was just all this like, you know, it's a little confusing in that regard. It just this feels like this would I this feels like it probably would have been better in the show, like if they had just kind of made it smaller and then it just added it as like the twenty like eighth episode or whatever. I forgot how many episodes. It's twenty six. Twenty six or the twenty so seventh. Like this could have easily been the twenty seventh. Tuck it in to uh, between because it's supposed to be between 24 and I want to say, yeah, 24 uh, and 25. 23 and 24, I believe. It's uh, well, you're both wrong. You're both wrong. It's 22 (laughs) and 23. (laughs) It's what, 22 and 23? That's what the Wikipedia says. Okay. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This, it doesn't matter. It could have worked on any of them, I think. Like, outside of, like, really when uh, Anne and Ed leave is when it's like you can't have it anymore. The, so, like, the, the thing that dates it to, to being after episode uh, 22 is because Cowboy Andy briefly, like, it's literally, like, under a second. Um, he's in the parade, and I caught a glimpse of him. You, you can only see him if you're looking for him. Uh, but Cowboy Andy is in his samurai uh, garb in, in the parade. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. that's cool. But there's yeah. better Easter eggs. Uh, there's a lot of fun references to other characters. I just also, uh, Big Shot's still a show in this in this movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's another thing, but we'll get to it. So let, let's kind of mm-hmm. let's kind of start from the beginning because we've already jumped around. We've already mentioned some characters we haven't been introduced yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
I think at this point, if you're like have been listening to this whole like mini series, you would probably oh, yeah. and you know up, the vibe. Like, you know you're gonna like you know you're going. You to know what's going it. on. Uh, you you know the vibe, especially when I'm just like, let's talk about episode uh, 17, and we immediately start talking about 21 or some shit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we get like a little um, kind of cold open with Spike uh, giving a little monologue about a man's dreams. Uh, and then we get the line, uh, uh, Spike, time to go wake up from Jet, which is kind of a fun little wink uh, to the audience. Because of course, uh, if you'd watched the show, you would know that, you know, Spike uh, Spike didn't make it out of Bebop uh alive do we know Ish. i mean I, yeah. I guess i guess it's somewhat i guess it's ambiguous his fate but i think yeah, everyone I, is right I, it's fair to say he didn't make it out i mean he's he survived some some hella gruesome even in this movie he survived some hella gruesome injuries but at the same time yeah the story definitely ended even if spike quote unquote would potentially be alive I mean, the ending of The Sopranos isn't um, Tony Soprano just closing his eyes for a second because he had something in his eyes. That's not uh, that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't just have to take some, you know, he had, didn't just have some gabagool and it was like, mm, and then closed his eyes to savor the, the flavor. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, he died. He gets, you know, he got shot. And David, Ch- I just remember the David Chase moment where like before he like recently had said that like Tony's dead, uh, that he was like, uh, you know, he thought he was off record with a reporter, and he's like, "Yeah, obviously." Tony said, and the reporter was like, "You know, this is on the record." He's like, "Fucking shit!" <laughs> like, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck you!" <laughs> like, I loved. Like, I and then loved the guy the just re- released it anyway. It's like he didn't. He didn't have. You know. Um, but it was kind. Of, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for The Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you guys haven't watched a show that you know ended in the early 2000s. Yeah. As we review and talk about a movie that came out in 2001. Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cowboy Bebop, as we've talked about on the show before, is a show that I had had some very interesting timing when it came to certain events in reality. So this film, which is about terrorism, (laughs) it's set in in an Arab uh, district of a city, um, and it came out ten days before nine eleven when it was released in Japan. So. Yes, and, the, and, and yeah. there is a clear shot in the movie of it, it's it's quote unquote not New York, it's Mars, but there is a clear shot in it where it's literally just the twin towers in the movie. This, I mean, I like I like that this version of Mars has also the Golden Gate Bridge and the Eiffel Tower. I just love it's like when they were designing the the Mars city, they're like, yeah, we can we can design a city, so let's just put everything cool in there. Yeah, you've got the suspended rail cars from Chicago. You've got the freaking Tokyo Tower, the Eiffel Tower. You've got Twin Towers. You got Golden Gate Bridge. This is perfect. This is the American city. It's all in yeah. a bubble. I love Which it. Which is crazy because this, uh, when you said the Twin Towers, because this movie was released 10 days before 9-11. Yeah, it's <laughs> conspiracy theorists beware. Uh, and it was released on August 11th, 2002. So they just, they were like... Even on the 11th for, for the States. <laughs> I mean, it's 2002, but still, it's, it's just one month before the anniversary. They're like, okay. Yeah, it's, now, it's original not- Japanese release was September 1st, 2001. Yeah, and, but, then, and then they were like, I, there's a there's a thing on a train. There's a terrorist thing. Oh, we got it. We can't. We have to delay. <laughs> there's and, explosions. There's terrorists. Which is ironic because the uh, the TV show also had a delay because of a similar tra- like, this, train episode. There, there. I mean, the episode. 
the the show has the incidents um yeah a couple episodes got pushed due to references including that one episode um where um they were where uh ethnic terrorists hijack a space plane <laughs> so again this sh- and also the col- the uh the columbia was featured in uh, another episode which which later blew up so Cowboy Bebop, I don't know. I guess uh, Watanabe is just got, I don't know, the worst luck when it comes to, uh, he's like, okay, I really like these aspects. And then they, uh, uh, bad things happen. Hey, listen, he, ha- he really had the finger on the pulse of the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> he had the inside ear. He had the inside track. He's like, um, Dick, I, ne- I, need some, uh, I need some fodder for my anime shows. And, you know, Mr. You know, Cheney was that, just like... Here it is. <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chaney was or a weep. May- or Chaney- maybe, yeah, Chaney loved Cowboy Bebop, and he just, you know, he, he wanted to live he, in that universe. He loved it so much, he watched it before the show premiered in the States. He was like, you know, he he had his own personal translator uh, transcribe VHS copies of it. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, and that's stuff that, like, Adam McKay couldn't touch in Vice. <laughs> In that shitty Christopher, uh, Christian Bale movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I I try to pretend I like that movie, but I'm like, no, it's garbage. It's bad. It's a bad movie. Anyways, we're we're talking about. Let's talk about the cold um, open, which is just kind of a fun uh, pulp fiction style robbery. And I love mm-hmm. I love this opening personally because again, you know, if you're a Cowboy Bebop viewer, you've watched the series. Uh, Spike is dead. R.I.P. It's just nice to kind of see the crew back together just doing a just doing a little mission I don't know. it's a, like a tastemaker it's, it's if you hadn't seen if you haven't seen the series or anything like that you kind of you get a lot of the characters like the energy and you it's 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 a it's a starter it's a nice aperitif for the main story because if you just went in cold turkey or went in yeah. cold then you'd have a harder time but you know you get you you start understanding more about the world if you had never seen it before, which I think yeah. is a really great addition. Yeah, it's just, it's it's uh, like uh, James Bond movies. You know, they kind of have the you know the the initial mm-hmm. mission that's not related to the uh, to the plot or whatever. So yeah, I love this one. Again, also this movie is gorgeous. Like I know the show was very good looking, but with that film budget, oh my god, I love how it looks so much. It's my favorite era of direction when it comes to animation. Just the late 90s, early 2000s. It's absolutely beautiful. Just all hand-drawn animation, or at least reference with 3D modeling. It is just perfect. Yeah, it's that nice mix. I think you, you know, like for me, I've always believed that, you know, when you go like full into 3d like it's gonna age worse like you're gonna like you kind of like even now you know if you try to go watch like you know say like some of like you know the first toy story like you can start seeing like you know how it's not up to snuff from what we make now and it's just like yeah i can totally see that where this one it's just like it feels a little timeless it's got economy it's got freaking a lot of staying power that just some newer stuff just doesn't have it's why you know in terms of like video games why link to the past will always be better than ocarina i didn't say that did i <laughs> you did uh the, cor- the correct <laughs> the correct answer just to piss everyone off is wind waker okay so well that's that 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 is actually one of the few 3d <laughs> things that actually has a lot of economy to it so i can, I can give true. you that anyways moving on so we have this robbery Again, we have the guy, uh, the uh, the head robber, if you will, and he's talking about the the uh, what's the most important part of the stew. Uh, the convenience uh, store clerk says it's uh, she guesses that it's the meat. He corrects her and says it's the stew mix. The stew mix is what makes it. Uh, and then you know, Spike uh, 
busts in. He pretends to be a customer and uh, takes these guys down. I love, um, again, this is the most explicit Pulp Fiction reference when after Spike uh, takes the guys down, another dude bursts out from the bathroom <laughs> and then uh, Spike gets mad at Jet and then Jet responds, disinformation is sometimes required for enemies and allies, which... Which is, you know, that's such a the dick answer. Like, come it's on, man. That's I just just say you fucked up. That's okay. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. Jet Jet's art of war bullshit is fucking funny. That's a that's a fun little recurring thing in the show. Oh yeah, definitely. Also, I love that you're uh, when uh, when the, he shoots the guy. Spike is just like, you took too long to shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the other then the guy he grabs that like old lady and Spike is just yeah, just let her fucking go. But dude, I don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, you later you've been at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, and then um, you know, he responds to the old lady and he says he's just a just a humble bounty mount. Humble bounty hunter, ma'am. Uh Spike <laughs> is fucking cool. Again, that's that's the thing about this show. Spike is the coolest person in the world. He's cool. He can walk downtown for like seemingly like half the day and not look absolutely exhausted by the end of it. Well, he's 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 a very skinny man, too. So he's got a lot of energy, you know, he's got legs um, for days is what he has. He's, he's yeah. got a good stride. Um, and that leads us to the opening, which uh, Ask DNA is the, the name of the song. I love this song so much, guys. It's a good song. I got to say, though, like the one of the big things with like Cowboy Bebop is the music's like always on point. I love the soundtrack in this movie, uh, especially too. Like, I think, I mean, I know this movie has the, the advantage of being, you know, two hours. So, of course, there's a lot of music, but the, the, the songs in this movie, especially, fucking slap. It's one of those things where, like, you know, jazz, you know, you see the jokes about, you know, oh God, no, that's a whole different thing. Memes about cowboy bebop inventing jazz is just. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I really liked that opening music. It definitely felt like an actual, you know, music video almost. And then we had a little bit more glimpse into the characters. And then, you know, it was a nice, I mean, you can tell they're padding the time. <laughs> you know, I don't mind padding when it's this stuff, though. This is like stuff where I'm like, yeah, give me that. I just want some good ass animation, some good ass music. Mm -hmm. Um there's another couple like Easter eggs, like um, some of the people featured in that kind of music video opening are um, the actual actors who played uh, the Bebop crew in the dub. Yeah. And uh, contrary to belief, or at least this is in the, the, the fun facts section, contrary to belief, this sequence was not rotoscoped. Uh, a lot of people think uh, it was, but nope, this is just a good old fashioned imagination in the animation. Well, they did a really good job with the references at the very least. Cause yeah, yeah. if it's not rotoscope, they definitely used existing footage as, as, as a reference because I, I can't believe that it's all just animation anyway. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah. I definitely feel like they used just like they were watching the, you know, the, some clips and then drawing it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I with Millennium Actress, I know they like filmed uh, people doing certain things. I'm not sure for this film. Also, again, this film was completed in like a very. I think they only had like a year to animate it. They completed this film very quickly. Yeah, I assume they had like what would be like a TV schedule to do this. Yeah, some like basically a TV schedule, I suppose. Yeah, but it's again, all, they yeah. were. <laughs> but I don't uh, know. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of animation that way. So I am. Um, Cannot the, say for certain what yeah. was going on. I mean, the, this wasn't a Miyazaki film. They weren't given like an, an absurd amount of time to do it. Um, 
Also, yeah, they're I, like we like they're like close to the TV show just ended. We we wanted you know a movie while it's still in the consciousness of uh, the teens who are watching this, uh, you know. And so they're like, <laughs> get to it. And Watanabe, you know, was just like, okay. Jed and Spike playing Shogi again. I love this. It shows off their personalities in such a fun way. Jed is taking absolutely forever to make his move. <laughs> And ends up having to be helped by Ayn. Which I fucking, uh, listen, anytime Ayn gets to use his, like, data dogness is uh, is a moment of joy for me. Because, again, Ayn, Ayn's a data dog, so Ayn knows shit. I like that initially he's just like, it's Vincent. Like, and then they're like, he said, it says he died on the war of, you know, the Titan, the Titan War. And then it's just like, no, but he's, a, yeah, but it's that thing where you just said Jack, where it's like, he's a data dog, all right? This is the one thing he's really good at, like... Give him the give him that being like it's him. <laughs> like you got to be like when you know when Ein's doing that, you go okay, good dog. You know, give good him dog. That. Let's believe the the smart boy. Which oh, by the way, I gotta say, Ein had a lot of great moments in this movie. Just like really kind of adorable moments. My favorite one is uh, when he and Ed are like running around the street, and Ein's got the jack o' lantern on his head. I was like, that's fun. That was a fun. <laughs> that was just a fun peer like moment and then also later on when Ayn is kind of trying to play the game that Jet's been playing that like he's just like I was gonna win I don't know what game it was uh I think it was it was was Shogi yeah Shogi yeah so yeah the Shogi where I was just like no you should have played with Shogi with Ayn Ayn's a data dog he would know how to play I assume yeah no maybe he just doesn't want to (laughs) lose I mean that's the thing I Ayn that would have been great. Wouldn't that have been a funny moment if like Jet keeps losing to Ayn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ayn is adorable. You can clearly tell the animators just love animating, you know, that adorable Corgi. Um, so meanwhile, Faye, she's on Mars. She's looking for a bounty who's this like hacker dude. And then uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent, the villain of the piece, appears and blows up a building behind him, uh, acting all cool and stuff. Uh, he's got the whole walking away from... Uh, the cool guys don't film. look at explosions. Yeah, he's Darren Norris is his voice actor. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, we talked about him in the other episode where he's the uh, he voiced uh, the, one of the Fairly Odd Parents, and uh, he was the janitor mm-hmm. on Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. He's uh, very versatile. <laughs> a actor. prolific career. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the thing. It's actually when I was listening to the voice of Vincent, he does like the Darren Norrisness of what he is now was not there um so uh, he's a good he's a great voice actor he's he's got like all these voice acting credits and then he's apparently supposed to pay uh play phil hartman in a biopic directed by jason Priestley. Is that gonna uh, work? Uh, i'm sure we won't see it because it's probably for like hallmark or some shit no uh, um, it was announced for 2015 and uh, oh, there hasn't been any oh. like movement so it's in production hell yeah i mean you know jason Priestley had to go and do his canadian uh uh, it's procedural called uh, what was it called again? Oh yeah, uh, oh fuck, sorry. Oh, Private Eyes. Private oh. Eyes. He were he he was a, an ex hockey player teams up with a detective to solve mysteries on oh, global televisions. Private Eyes, starring that is Jason the most Priestley, Canadian thing. The only man to like to beat the hell out of Harvey Weinstein and kind of get away with it. That is one of the most I'm, I'm Canadian pro, team, things I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm team Jason Priestley for right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, Vincent blows up this building. Um, and basically, no, he blows up the highway. Or, or the highway. 
Um, but then it gets reported on the news that this might have been some sort of bioweapon. And I love when uh, the Bebop crew realizes that they back away from Faye because she's been exposed to it. Yeah, she shows up onto the Bebop later and is just like, I've just had an awful day. Someone <laughs> blew up a truck, everything. And then they have the news in the background are just like, oh, God. Well, yeah, because yeah. they, they also think it's like, you know, because she's initially tracking the, um, the hacker, that hacker uh, mm-hmm. Lee yeah. Sampson. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's supposed to be an easy bounty because he's like, a you know, a college age kid. But obviously, you know. It's not because it, this is a movie and also he's working with Vincent, potentially dead Vincent. And yeah. then uh, and then what happens is uh, Big Shot, uh, the wonderful show that is not canceled yet, uh, appears on the TV. And what happens is because this is a movie, they talk about how this is going to be an extended episode of Big Shot um, with <laughs> with a three hundred million dollar bounty. I love like again the winking references to you know guys. This is a movie. This is a movie. So you know it's it's a big deal. Oh yeah. Well, also I like that it was like Big Shot. You know now like straight. What is it? it was like now showing in like twelve languages as well. Yeah, yeah twelve <laughs> different languages. I know it's it's. Again, these winking references I just find very fun where it's, you know, this is the biggest bounty of all time, guys. See, this is a way bigger deal than uh, the next uh, three or four episodes uh, that come after this. Which is kind of ironic because those next three to four episodes are, you know, shattering to Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. They kind of like, you know, this rightly should have just broken up everything, destroyed everyone, but it didn't. And so we have that happen later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, we get these two detectives, uh, Hoffman, and who I thought was Atkins, uh, but his name is actually Shadkins. Uh, <laughs> Shadkins, which is just I uh, really was Atkins, that a normal D-Dare. name. <laughs> I thought it was a normal name. Um, I, I, I like I like Shadkins. He reminds me of a character in um, Death Note who also is like a detective with like an afro. Um, I like again the where we're doing this in COVID times. Um, this whole discussion of a virus, and then Shad Shadkins is um sneezing and he's you know saying, Oh, he just has hay fever, but uh, the people around him are just like, Bro, bro, yeah, that is a snapshot <laughs> of March 2020, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you're just Turns like, out, oh. uh, Watnabi also has his fingers on the Biden administration, too. <laughs> he's he's. Uh. <laughs> This film, you know, can relate to COVID as well. So he had the finger yeah. up the pulse of it was what weird. This man, no, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah? What is he? What's his secrets? <laughs> he, he's the pop. He's the prophet Cassandra. No one will believe him, <laughs> and this is his way of trying to get people to know the truth. Exactly. He's like, I will make anime, and it will it will be uh, predicting the future. Um, but yeah, no, it's so funny because like that's such a thing where like. I was at the movies uh, like last week and I had some popcorn and then it like kind of went down the wrong pipe. So I needed, I started like kind of coughing and I was just like, fuck, like this is like horrible. And then I like, also I was just out of water and I was like, oh no, like this is, this is a nightmare. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not sick. Like I'm fully vaccinated. Like to get into a movie theater, you have to be fully vaccinated. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. Like I'm just choking on popcorn, but still, I can feel some of the death glares around me. (laughs) The side eyes that you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't have a breakthrough case. I don't, I swear. But yeah, I love the the hay fever uh, line where he's just like, you think that like they would have cured hay fever by now. (laughs) 
uh, even though that's not a disease uh, or virus, it's just yeah, uh, an it's allergy. just allergies. You just you know blame your you know blame your shitty immune system there, bud. Yeah, but I guess you you hope that like you could like you know by twenty seventy one that they would have a way to override allergies, but. You know, we're not there yet. There's no, we're too so... busy with government conspiracies about nanotech, you know, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Spike, he's doing his investigation and we, we see the three old men, which made me very, very happy. And then I was made even happier um, about an hour and a half later in the film. They were involved. They helped save the day. I love I love the three old men. We've we've been playing spot the three old men during this podcast, which is always fun. So of course they, they put them in the movie. Kind of had a bit of a role this time. Like they do like factor in just a little bit. Now, how old are these old men? They could easily be uh, over a hundred years old because they're making like World War II references. <laughs> but yeah, look. true. They were just this is like where, maybe where like are these timeless. references coming from? You know yeah. what? They're they. I mean. What is it? Timeless ages. Well, this is the year 2070. Uh, So if they're like, say, 90, maybe because of advancements in, well, not even advancements, it's reasonable to be 90 in 2070. So they're like our age, basically, actually, Malcolm. 90 and smoking in the sun on the street corner, drinking Coca Cola. That's that's the dream there, bud. They must have, yeah, they, they must have all been born in like, you know the first part of the 90s <laughs> like, like so that. so when when they're talking about world war ii they're talking about their time playing like call of duty that's what they're doing like he's getting fl- <laughs> oh he's yeah getting, definitely he's getting flashbacks to playing you know call of duty 2 on the xbox 360 so yeah see they're yeah. us that that's it's we are the three old guys that's what we're gonna exactly. learn later yeah <laughs> watanami's prophecy comes true once again we're, we're gonna be on mars smoking cigarettes um and yeah uh playing, playing cards, cards. <laughs> and then and then also we all have the ability to fly old uh, airplanes. <laughs> yeah, we just learned crop dusting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, really, really. <laughs> what are you said. But again, oh. the, the, this is once again the fact that this is a movie. So of course they gotta bring in, you know, the fan service uh fan favorites. So I like that. Uh we meet Rashid uh during Spike's investigation. Uh Rashid who was apparently like when they were uh, doing location scouting, uh Rashid was like based off of uh their uh, their kind of tour guide. So cool. that was kind of neat. Voiced yeah, by Nicholas was... Guest. Was... Yeah. Very, th- yeah. <laughs> uh, Middle Eastern actor Nicholas Guest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a small part and it's the year like uh, two, 2001 when they're recording this. So, you know. Yeah, they. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, very. There's yeah. some issues there. <laughs> Uh, is he is he better or worse than Apu? I mean, I think as a character, well, actually, by this time, Apu at least had some character development. Well, the thing with this character is that they they don't even I feel like try to put an accent on this character. They just are like he just kind of sounds like he's got a vague accent, but it's like you know this is yeah I don't know and like I, kind of, I don't know if you noticed, but they have like he says certain lines in uh, Farsi, but uh, oh. it's not him. His voice actor changes when he starts speaking Farsi. Yeah, I did notice that. I did notice that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a diff- That's a totally different person, <laughs> which is probably for the best <laughs> that they didn't like get, you know, uh, you know, famous Middle Eastern actor uh, Nicholas Guest <laughs> to uh, try to just, just say Farsi. Uh, I did. like. Um, I did like his grenade lighter, though. I like those novelty lighters. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a fucking, that wasn't just a lighter. That was a flamethrower. That was a huge thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. I was like, okay. I was like, that's the merch that I'd buy. When you're on Mars and you're looking for, for some knickknacks. <laughs> yeah, was it, were they on Mars or were they actually just like in like Morocco? <laughs> like that was no, the, uh, the, it, It's definitely Mars. It's Morocco light. Yeah, it's, a, it's the Morocco of Mars. Because <laughs> that's the one thing I, I did read that they, you know, that he wanted an Arabic feel for this movie because like the TV show has a lot of New York and Hong Kong inspiration. They which, still had a lot of that. I got to say, I don't know what that meant. Like I was reading that. And I was like, I don't know what you mean by this because like it's kind of more of a continuation of the show. It's it, again, it's a Japanese man from the year 2001 saying this, so. Yeah, that's his, his worldview, there's France, <laughs> there's America, what else? <laughs> At least Rashid isn't like portrayed as like working with the terrorists, which was which is good. So that's that's a that's a plus. Well he 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 is kind of oh, wait, the one at oh, fault for everything. Spoilers. Oh fuck. Yeah, that's true. He's not Spoilers. working explicitly with Vincent. Like I said, finger but... on the pulse of the Bush administration. <laughs> I know, Jesus. Yeah, scratch that. Never mind. Um, we didn't. We didn't say that. We know nothing. Anyways, anyways, uh, I do like the fact that uh, he uses the word imaginary enhancers for drugs. That's a fun uh, way to phrase drugs as imagination enhancers. Yeah, imagination. That's really what they are in so in a lot of ways. Uh, we then we cut to the hacker and he's playing. He's nostalgic for game for for very old games. Like this is like a fucking Atari handheld, basically. Yeah, yeah. This was someone the who's Nintendo like, like I, classic. Yeah, yeah. This is like now. If it was just made now, it would just be like God. I gotta play Pong. <laughs> yeah, he's. I, this yeah. This is like barely barely above Pong. It's not even like Nintendo Entertainment System quality. No, it's, yeah. This is this is Game and Watch, the old Japanese only console yeah, or the handheld yeah. console. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this is. Uh, yeah. This is someone who's like, I. I don't want to play the uh, GTA Restored trilogy. I want to play the original. <laughs> Oh god! What a crapshoot! Yeah, I've I've been following that. It just gets it somehow gets worse and worse. I I saw some footage of the switch port, and it's um wow. <laughs> I was watching a live. Someone was uh, had a live stream on their Twitter because apparently can like just have a live stream Twitter like video now. Uh, and they they just kept trying to go into. They were playing Liberty City, and they kept trying to like go into one of the stores. Uh, and they would just like try to grab the like the items in the store, but then they would fall out of the store and then get back onto the street. And just like it was just this loop of like <laughs> this game is so broken. He did it so many times. Um, what oh, was God. it? I mean, I, I'm buying the Pokemon Diamond remake in like five days, so you know mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, but this is but Lee Sampson's. Uh, he's not he's not into re remakes. He's into like original. He's, in, he's into originals. In 2071, um, arcades are back. <laughs> I mean, they are. They literally, yeah. He goes to one later, and it looks actually really cool. I gotta yeah, be, honest, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like it was fair that arcades ever fell out of style. To be completely honest, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, right. Even before this whole Lee Sampson sequence, uh, there's Jet with uh, his buddy Bob. Um, 
and they're watching the 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 western movie which is a fun little sequence again it's yeah. nicely animated the, the, yeah, we the talked drive, about that earlier <laughs> the drive-in so, yeah. movie the drive-in movie on mars is a nice touch which is just so cool honestly yeah. i, I want to take my freaking my millennium falcon or i don't really know a lot of spaceship names <laughs> and just like park it yeah the beep bop okay yeah the beep bop i'd like to take the beep bop and just you know park it so, like at the metro dome and catch a catch a movie or two Sounds fun. Vincent, he's with another guy talking about uh, what he's going to do. And then he talks about why he's going to do this on Halloween. And he says it's because Halloween is the one day a soul in purgatory can be released. If he, if someone prays hard enough, they could be free at last. Uh, well, can I just say, I, I kind of love the idea that in 2071, they have like Halloween parades. Like I've never that was thought, super cool. Yeah, I've never I like thought that. about that or like, you're obviously seen one because they don't happen but i was just like oh yeah that would be cool because you know you get like santa day parade you get the like macy's thanksgiving parade i'm just like listen people love parades and people want an excuse for a parade let's just let's make this a reality let's have a halloween parade like everyone's already out on the street during halloween drunk as shit and in costume let's just have a procession while we do that yeah, like why do we have to knock on each other's doors and then hand out overpriced candies to children? Uh, I, I again, we we talked about it just a second ago, but the the arcade game that uh, Lee Sampson, the hacker, is playing, uh, and he's obsessed with Sparky Doggy. Is that what he's saying? Um, yes, Sparky yeah. Doggy. Because because I watched the dub, and the actor for whatever reason has uh, got an Australian accent, so it was somewhat hard to understand him say that phrase. I would the impression that he was trying to like win a prize at like you know the prize center for the arcade okay but- i i thought my my headcanon is that sparky doggy is the one is the character who will appear once he reaches the uh, the points the sufficient number of points but okay um, maybe there needs to be about you know this movie could have used an extra five minutes just explaining the rules of sparky doggy they they padded it enough. They could have padded it just a little bit more. We really get to, into the lore of Spiky Spiky Donkey. We needed to watch Lee Samson enter the arcade, play through the tutorial level. They just like yeah, just a full solid five minutes of him just playing the that freaking arcade game. But yeah, uh, Faye Faye she fires at it, and then uh, yeah, that pisses off Lee, and then he uses some device on it. He's he's got he's got like um. On his pants, he's got like a belt or whatever that also has like keyboard stuff, which I thought was cool. And he uses the, that the to, like, coolest little like you know you you grew up in the '90s and that's what you think yeah. hacking is. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> the world of Bebop is fascinating because again we had the whole Astral Gate incident, so it fucked up a lot of technology. So they are kind of, I guess Malcolm and I we've been talking about this like probably restarted technology to some extent. Or technological Certain things program. were lost. Yeah. Other things became incredibly advanced, and so we we've got arcade nostalgia back, which is you know what thumbs up from me. Exactly, and that's why you also have uh, belts that can uh, hack game belts. Uh, but then we had uh, what was after? Did we skip over the part where he went to the warehouse, or him and the terrorist uh, Vincent went to the warehouse? Yeah, kind of. We t- I talked about. Um, the thing where he's like telling the the guy about uh halloween the whole purgatory oh shit. that's right and then yeah. the poor cop who's just like what you guys doing out here this like bang yeah and uh lee samson isn't phased because he's a degenerate gamer and he's just like oh cool violence 
Yeah, video. This is Hillary Clinton's mindset in 1990. <laughs> video games equal bad. This this movie is very uh, tough on on gamers. It's uh, really really doesn't portray them too well. Uh, what is it? Gamers gamers rights matter, or what's what's the gamers rights matter? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the thing? What's gamers the, uh, rise up? Is gamers that rise up. That's, gamers. Yeah, guys, full, let's drink our uh, Mountain <laughs> Dew and rise up. Ga- gamers rise up. Uh, the gamers yeah, it's, it's, will rise. <laughs> yeah, it's that Hamilton. That Hamilton song, "Rise Up," is all about gamers. We gotta rise up, rise up. <laughs> we gotta rise up. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh. Um. So yeah. Meanwhile, Spike he's like uh, observing a uh, Cherius Medical, and he he uses uh, he disguises himself as like a janitor. We get this fun sequence with him and Electra. Uh, that's a fun little action sequence. Again, they're definitely, you know, using their extra money to to showcase that. Yeah, we meet Electra, who is voiced by Jennifer Hale, the incomparable Jennifer Hale. Yeah, she's the bomb. Uh, Femshep for life. That's the only way to play Mass Effect properly. Yeah, and, and it's honestly, and it's a really cool fight sequence that has been actually, I think, wholesale copied by a, a bunch of different series. Just that specific um, sequence of fighting, and which mm. is obviously a reference to Bruce Lee and the martial arts movies, especially the what what is it, Jeet Kune Do. Which is the fighting style that uh, I kind of did a like a martial arts deep dive after watching it because I I was just like oh yeah this is why they do that and this is this is the martial art that Spike does because I hadn't watched the actual this movie or the series in many years so I'm coming back to it and I'm just like oh wow yeah that's a thing and that's a thing but yeah Spike's his whole martial arts thing especially within this movie is based off of of Bruce Lee and mm. they do Jeet Kune Do and he does Jeet Kune Do like Bruce Lee. Oh yeah, that was fun. I that because initially though I had this one moment where I thought Vincent was the janitor. Like I did that one, like but I don't know why. I was just like, ah. Oh. And then like obviously I realized it wasn't. But yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was one of those like fun, like I don't know. I feel like there was something very popular in the early two thousands where like a man and a woman would fight, but there would also be like them flirting the whole time. Although this one was like more of like a one sided flirting, like a you know, like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of duel. But, like, obviously this one was more like, you know, she's like, I'm going to kill you. And then, obviously, I did like that he used the broom. And, like, even as it, like, kind of got cut off, it just became, like, you know, it went basically down to just, like, the broom hand. Well, not the handle, but, like, what the actual broom itself. The brush, mm-hmm. yeah. The brush. The broom brush. The, the, um, the broom brush. That's what that's called. <laughs> And and then after this sequence, we 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 learn what the deal is with this virus. It's nanomachines, guys. So uh, Hideo Kojima, uh, clearly watches son. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hideo Kojima, creator of Metal Gear Solid. At this point, uh, in and Death Stranding, don't forget about Death, Death Stranding. Stranding. Oh, okay, yeah, Death Stranding's the, good too. The best um, video game of the decade. Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> the, the the pioneer of the Strand type video game. <laughs> Yeah, I it's just, a new type of game in which you must carry a baby and like constantly fall. just walk I beat, all the time. But anyways, um, Kojima at this point in 2001 is not obsessed with nanomachines. So maybe he saw this movie and he was like, okay, nanomachines are the secret to every every question Metal Gear Solid. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Rising, that was, that was you know, and they do reference memes in that, in that video well, game. That is true. 
Well, Metal Gear Solid 2 was all about memes, and that came out in uh, November of 2001, because Kojima is also um, an oracle. He's also genre. Cassandra. <laughs> He's also Cassandra. Um, uh, so yeah, we learned this whole, I mean... We, we skipped I'm, over a little bit where where we figure out that, uh, that uh, Rashid... Uh, uh, hid a marble in the big va- in the big vase. They keep saying vase, but it's vase. I'm I'm I'll be I'll be snooty. I'll be that guy. Um, vase of vase. Vase of vase. The vase of vase. Uh, and they found <laughs> this the this marble looking thing, and they're obviously the crew on the bebop is very confused. And then once uh, Jet does some testing, they figure out yes, this is these are nano machines, and they are scary, crazy, deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Nano machines, son. Nano machines. Um, I mean, again, nano machines, I feel like, again, they started coming into like pop culture around this time, too, where, again, like you said, Kojima and the rest of it, they're just like, it's the nano machines. I mean, even I think uh, like the MCU has nano machines. It's it just is it's, really very interesting on how, like, you know, optimistic the 90s were in terms of like, with the possible technology like we have like not nano machines but we have microscopic machines now but i think it's really cool very contrasted with the very pessimistic viewpoint of this movie about like the world the government terrorism and it's just like oh but there's still really cool things yeah well we're not what yeah. nami knew what was coming yes knew exactly. what was coming um, so meanwhile, um, you just be crushed by the weight so of 9-11 and capitalism. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, Faye is on the bebop. She's looking for Samson's hat, but it turns out Ed and, I, Ed and Ayn have taken it. Uh, so we get like a fun little sequence of Ed There's and Ayn. Very Rome. cute sequence. Oh. I'm just walking around, not New York. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, Ed and Ayn are just so, I mean, the way they're animated in general just throughout the show and in this movie is just so fun. You can clearly tell the animators uh, are having a good time doing this. Yeah. Whatever um, Ed is taking, I need some of that because obviously I need my life a little bit. I need to look through that lens. Yeah. So Ed, she knocks on a couple doors, um, including uh, the door of a guy who pulls a shotgun on her. And then I believe a trans woman, uh, not a very flattering portrayal of one. Yeah, I the, the, the trigger treat say, one. Say that was drag, more like drag, like, drag queen like, or something. Drag queen or, or like okay. whatever like Ed, Eddie Izzard does. I felt like it okay. was just uh, he, like he actually Eddie Izzard actually came out fully. He, she is trans now. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure like because like I know there was a period where like Eddie Izzard well because Eddie Izzard still plays like male characters, which is like mm-hmm. this. Like in the new like Da Vinci Code show, like Eddie is just playing a male character, so I wasn't sure. I mean, it, I, you know, some someone who's I, to keep it safe, uh, gender fluid, uh, and it, it, it was a weird <laughs> interaction because like obviously you have this gender fluid like person in a dress, and then you have Ed, and then they both seemed to like they were almost upset that Ed wasn't a boy, but Ed was a girl, and then like. They oh, seem to be triggered by that? that. Did you not get that? No, I it, got that. They're a prostitute. Oh, because gotcha. it's yeah, trick yeah. or treat. How would you like a trick? Oh, yes, I did get that. And I knew that was uh, upsetting. But I also like that, you know, there was that interaction where, you know, it's like you're it's like you're not a you know, you're not a boy or a girl. And, and it was just like, oh, of course, like it just becomes this like whole like. I don't know. It was a very interesting scene, especially something that was done in like, you know, 2001. 
Yeah, they were they were upset that they couldn't get any money out of Ed because you know she's a girl and a I, child and a child. She I, <laughs> they didn't seem to have a problem with that very problematic betrayal again. Yeah. yeah, that should have been the actual line. You're a child. <laughs> like, get away. <laughs> I mean, I think there was like those like um, kind of drag queen, you know, uh, gender fluid like prostitutes in the show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there was that in the Jupiter Jazz uh, two-parter. Yes, you that's really what I really can't expect a, a Japanese man in from the late 90s and early 2000s to have the best perspective on the whole gender fluidity debate yeah, yeah but i gotta seen... say that that scene did uh does age well actually it's not like this super cringy moment so moving <laughs> on um r.i.p lee sampson because vincent blows up the nanomachine marbles which kills him uh faye sees that little explosion and it heads to the apartment bad idea faye really bad idea on your part um faye also um Let's let's talk about Faye's role in this whole movie. Faye doesn't get treated too well. <laughs> no, she gets kidnapped. Then she gets poisoned, or she gets poisoned with the nano machine. She gets kidnapped. Then she gets molested, forcibly kissed, luckily to save her life. But then she gets forcibly molested, and then just kind of doesn't do anything the rest of the movie except for hijack the weather control station. And then on top of that, literally the last scene we see of Faye in the entire anime. Uh, or at least, <laughs> at least animated at in, least the, an- in the credits. Yes, is her losing um, at the horses? So uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is just so sad. Just uh, I mean, man, and that's you know, Electra gets to be gets to the, be the female character with the cool stuff, basically. So it's unfortunate that Faye gets. Basically she shipped. is really cool. She is a she's, former special ops. She's a cool character, but you know, I want to know if they were just. I don't think in their mind it was like, okay, this year, you know, this one female character is the only one to get something to do. But, you know, I mean, um, what am I trying to say? Faye, Faye just doesn't get much to do in favor of an, an original character, which is a bummer um, because, you know, we get fun. Mo- I mean, you know, I, 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 I feel wins uh, quite a few moments. We get some data dogness, as we've said. Does Ed have a lot to do in this film? Maybe not a lot per se, but you know, some fun animated Adds moments. A little bit, and then she has the her walk around, um, n- not New York, but nothing, not really much past that. I mean, yeah, it's it's Spike, and then obviously Jet gets a bit to do, but it's it's the Vincent and Electra show for sure because this is a mm-hmm. movie, so there there are new characters we have to see them the most. <laughs> yeah, definitely doesn't pass the Bestel test. No, nah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, like, no, no do two women just... talk to each other in the movie about not about um, about something um, other than a guy? What is what is Faye talk to Ed about? I don't know. Maybe there's at least well, it's probably about trying to get Vincent. So shit. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's trying it's to not, find Vincent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is not a Bechtel test worthy movie. Oh man. Um, so yeah, R.I.P. Lee Sampson. Faye. Faye gets kidnapped. Um, and then we have the big train sequence, um, which again is pretty, very well animated. Cool fights. Um, <laughs> Spike. Question though. <laughs> question. What's your question? How the hell does he survive an exploding grenade just in his hand? That's I, I need to know that. That is very true. 
Because um, when I was watching it, I thought for a second that he, like, the nano machines, like, the counter nano machines that he had were making him, like, you know, regenerate or super strong. Because I had, you know, think of Kojima for a second. And then, but then he just, you know, later on the films, you know, other things happen. No spoilers till we get there. But he's, like, I thought he was, like, supposed to be immune. And then... According to the wiki, the explosive knocks out the windows, but was obviously only the nanobots. I also like the 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 wiki uh, for the Cowboy Bebop fandom summary of this movie um, has a lot of like there's kind of someone who's being a bit snarky in just the uh, the way they write this. How can you go <laughs> an example? Well, an example was uh, on the Bebop, Faye and Ed try to research not Faye's forte and just like other like kind of snarky remarks throughout it. And then, like, but obviously it was the nanobots that uh, were the explosive or whatever, so. Okay, yeah. I guess that makes a little bit more sense. But still, if it's just blowing up the little marbles to poison the, uh, the still, tram. It's still it, an explosion. Yeah, it's still an explosion. It doesn't mean why, he ha- it doesn't make sense of why he has his fingers or why the whole first car dislodged. It, yeah, a lot of questions, but rule of cool. So that's kind of how it cool. is. Rule of cool. But then we, we skipped over the fact that Spike loses his fight against Vincent and he gets shot like three times in the chest, I want to say. Well, he God. gets shot and Electra gets shot as well. Well, she just got shot in the arm and then, but then like, you know, Spike in normal Spike fashion is has a wound, gets shot in the chest that would kill basically everyone else. But then he like grabs on to like... Like Vincent, like this is the train fight, yeah. right? The yeah, tra- yeah, yeah Vincent. Yeah, fight. which is, by the way, such a cool like fight. Oh, I felt so bad for that one guy who just gets shot in the head. <laughs> like he's just, yeah, like, he was just like, yeah, paper. what's going on? Bang, bang, bang. And he's the only civilian casualty that I could like that we know up. of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume others died, but uh, from the uh, but yeah, machines. he's definitely dead. Yeah, because he like grabs onto like uh, Spike's chest. Vincent does at the very end. I wasn't kind. I wasn't sure. Like, so was he like digging his hand into the bullet wounds, or was he just like? Oh no, that was martial arts. You know, dragon claw. Kind yeah, of. that's what I was thinking. Of, but there was that moment with like I was like he hadn't been shot, but you know he can't be shot in the chest because that would most likely be a lethal kill. You see a lot of inspiration from classic eighties and nineties Hong Kong martial arts movies in this in this in this in the series, but in this movie especially that you they have a lot of it, especially when the the characters hit each other. They do basically, they do spit takes yeah. just because it's to emphasize the power behind each blow in Hong Kong. They'd fill the actors uh, mouths with water before uh, close-up scenes for when, for hits. And so it's like, and there's water and they're out of their mouth and sweat and spit. And it's, it's really cool, but they use this, uh, that technique very well here in animated form. I mean, again, it's obviously like there's Hong Kong influences, so like it makes sense. But yeah, that whole train sequence is great. Like, I mean, it's it's the the sequence that really stands out of like, oh, I know why they like made this like for the movie because you couldn't have like this almost four minute, like almost five minute rather uh, train like fight sequence in the TV show. They yeah, don't take up a quarter of the episode. Yeah, unless you're doing like a whole fight episode, but. You know, that's not Cowboy Bebop style. No, unless it has jazz in the background. And exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Spike, yeah. he, he hey falls. Hey, guys, and... improvise some jazz. I'm about to get on a train and some uh, fun stuff about that.
So yeah, Spike, he, he falls out of the train, he falls into the ocean, and then thankfully Laughing Bull, and uh, who I'm going to say is Laughing Bull's son, he's just a, another big uh, Native American guy, could be no blood relation, but the character doesn't speak, so I'm saying he's Laughing Bull's son. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's our, it's our return of Laughing Bull, and he tells Spike he has nothing to fear, and that's because Laughing Bull has seen the end of the show. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's you like, see- you're not dying here. You're going to die, uh, potentially. Wink, you're going to die on a staircase. <laughs> on a staircase, uh, d- dealing with the most fearsome foe of them all. Vicious. Oh, God, you're, you're, this asshole. You're dying in episode 26, and this takes place between uh, before episode 24, so you're okay. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's just that's his explanation, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's what he I says think, verbatim. I think again, it's a fun little wink to the audience, being like, "Yeah, we we know in the show that you know he he dies after this." Which again, if this if this was say a movie that came out maybe the mid between um, Jupiter Jazz and the episode uh, after that one, maybe you could have had a bit of tension, but uh, that was not the case. Nope. Yeah, so, it is, that's it's kind of a weakness. That's yeah, that's like, it has it kind of suffers a bit from the Black Widow problem of like you know that she's gonna survive this movie because it's a prequel, so you're just like, oh, well, I guess you know, like they're I guess we're gonna have to like just you know suspend our disbelief that she's like in any sort of danger. <laughs> so like, and that's kind of the same thing here where he, even though he got shot, I just didn't really like register it. I was just like, I don't know. I think with these prequels, sometimes you want to like find different obstacles that aren't like he almost died and then freaking back to the show spike is just like totally fine after what's probably like 12 hours of getting shot straight through the chest which is you know good job for him good good going yeah that he can do that but uh afterwards he's as he's recovering he goes and tries to find rashid again so did we get to the part though where like Jet helps Spike back? Because that's also a fun little character moment where uh, Spike he he's telling Jet, "Hey Jet, is it just me? My leg feels heavy." And then uh, the camera pans down to it turns out that uh, Ed is like gripping onto Spike's leg. That uh, was very cute. That was cute, you know. Was, you know, Ed loves Ed loves Spike. I don't know. I love Ed. Ed is just such a great character. But uh, yeah, it's very cute. But then we, you know, Spike recovers, which I'm not sure how the timeline goes, because I'm pretty sure no. like, you know, the, the fight was supposed to or the explosion was supposed to happen like the day before Halloween. And now it's Halloween. Spike's totally fine after getting shot in the chest. And he goes to find uh, Rashid listen, again. It's, it's 2071. All right. Gunshots are basically like paper cuts. All right. You just... They go in the net, you know, the tech, you know, the doctors are like zip, zap, zoop. And then, you know, they extract the bullet, you know, stitch you up and you're on your way out. I think he went to the doctor. I think he just laughing ball only is the only one who like took care of him. Yeah. Listen, he had a, a, you know, a wise man, you know, grace him with his presence and, you know, cure him of what ails him. Yeah, I think he should get tested for tetanus because, you know. <laughs> Listen, it's 2071. Tetanus has been eradicated in the uh, uh, the the Titan Wars. That was what they thought of. I don't know. <laughs> That's what the nanomachines were made for. They really hated tetanus back then. Yeah. Listen, this is a metal world. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other thing that I like, too, because, again, this movie is trying to, like, tie things into the show so the fact that vincent was part of that war on titan i thought was a fun little nod yeah it makes sense because you'd you'd think there you know there's some shady stuff that's going on with war 
Uh, yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, and <laughs> he knows what he, he, they have. <laughs> he, um, he, he knew the Iraq war would be a sham. Yeah, it's, you know, but I think yeah, at the same time, you know, I also like, like they don't really go too deep into the Titan war in the television show either. Like it's just sort of this thing that kind of keeps happening in the background. Yeah, I mean, that's how all of Bebop's world building works, which will give the live action film, I'm sure, plenty of padding to, uh, yeah. to elaborate This is, this is what on. Carol and Tuesday needs to do. They need to, like, have a season where, you know, Carol and Tuesday, like, perform for the troops on Titan. Oh, God. It's <laughs> basically just, like, a history lesson of, like, okay, here's why you're here, and we have to explain you, this to you, even though you're here, the troops. Um, exactly. if, boy, howdy. <laughs> if, if Cowboy Bebop was managed by the folks at Lucasfilm, I'm sure we would know every little detail by now. Exactly. And if we didn't, then they'd edit it again and again and again till we did. Yeah, I tell you, you fuck, you submit. You submit to my vision, all right? I'm George <laughs> Lucas, you fucking submit to what I... Never what clean! Reason. Never clean! <laughs> yeah, you better fucking love Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh... This is a threat. <laughs> he, he just like holds people up in, at Disneyland at the new yeah. uh, Star Wars exhibit. Yeah. Say, I oh, love Jar Jar. Oh, you Say love it. the Mandalorian? Well, guess what? He's been replaced by Jar Jar Binks, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you didn't know, know that was <laughs> that was been underneath the helmet this entire time. Yeah. So, I don't know oh. what the Jar Jar Binks voice is. It's like, do Binky or whatever. Oh, like, God. So I yeah, this this wrong. whole se- this whole sequence is related to to Faye being uh, told um, by Vincent what his deal is, and then after the backstory reveal, Faye gets molested by him because oh, this, this nah, is a, that was a listen, shitty scene to watch. It's fan service. Here, here, here's the thing, Malcolm. Um, it is a shitty scene, but by the standards of late '90s, early 2000s anime, it is uh, restrained. Um, yeah. Because. because, because I mean, we could talk about Evangelion when we get to that in 50 episodes or so or whatever. But with 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 anime films for series, the thing was, was like, you know, because it's a movie, you can show some skin. So, yeah, they, it's yeah. Well, they also had that Electra scene where she's just kind of sitting topless, like in the bed, I think. I think that was yeah. her. But I mean, they also yeah. showed uh, any like tits. It's just like she's clearly just like just topless, like tending to her wounds. They don't show any nipples, so even just for that, it's um, which again I, I'm saying that out loud while my mom's upstairs. Um, yeah. Hashtag free the nipple. Say it out loud, Jack. Yeah. You got this. They yeah. don't, but again, the fact that they don't free show the any, the fact that they don't show any of that by the standards of anime feature films at the time, it is restraint. I will say. Yeah, they had to keep that PG-13 movie for the I, theatrical release. I don't think it was that, no, because the rating system in Japan is different, anyways. So it had nothing no. to do with that. I was but, talking um, more about North America because Sony Pictures, like, yeah, are released. Well, sure. uh, well, we did kind of skip over something, kind of a, a little reveal that was easy to miss if you weren't really paying attention with uh, Rashid actually being the doctor who developed the nano machines. And then he escapes, and then Spike is arrested by the army, as as well as Elektra is then arrested because they find out she's immune to the nano machines because she was used to have a relationship with Vincent and got cross contaminated or whatnot. She's got the yeah. vaccine, is what we what we're saying. She's she's got the vaccine, which which in this film is uh, unwillingly given to all the uh, citizens citizens of Mars. Hashtag my body, my choice. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I gotta start bathing in borax and and yeah, uh, drawing my blood out. Yeah, bacterial <laughs> water and just like oh yeah. Oh man! First, first of all, I'm just gonna say this right now. Uh, fuck the anti-vaxxers! You are dumb pieces of shit. Um, you're, you, yeah. If not every, yeah. You can't be a free thinker. Then I'll say the same fucking thing. So uh, I wanted to get that out there. Also, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. You lying piece of shit. At least Kyrie is being honest with his stupid takes. <laughs> uh, thank God you're not the. Thank God, Aaron, you're not the goddamn. Uh, Host of Jeopardy. I just Mike saw Richards that Rob- is better than you. I just saw that uh, <laughs> both Rob- both Mike Richards are better than you, Aaron. <laughs> um, I just I just saw that Aaron Rodgers got reinstated, so good for him. He won. Oh, fucking <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's a ton of like uh, anti-vaxxer oh, okay. like uh, NFL oh. players, so it makes sense yeah. that they would they weren't going to like totally, but he's just going to be publicly shamed for the rest of the year. <laughs> Let's talk about the nice character moment um, when Spike and Electra are in the jail cell together and Spike tells her the story of Julia, which he points out he has never told anyone before. Wink, wink. Well, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Because, because it takes place before the whole Julia shit. Uh, and guess oh. what, Spike? It's not going to end well. True. Oh, yeah. yeah, but... No, um, Steve Bloom, he mentioned in an interview that when he was uh, recording um, this movie, um, he said he actually understood. He felt like he understood uh, Spike so much better when he recorded this movie that he wished he could have gone back and re-recorded the original series. Because he's like, oh, I think I finally understood where he's coming from when he did this. Mm. So, you know, I think that's a fun, like, character moment with Spike in the, the jail cell. And then, but then they break out of it eventually. Or wait, I'm trying to, I feel like I'm missing something between when they break out and uh, I know that freaking Jed is depressed on the Bebop because yeah, no one's calling him. That, that's a fun moment. Yeah, he's depressed and he's, he's telling uh, he's telling Ed that he doesn't care. And then the sec, when Faye calls, he answer, answers the phone instantly. Yeah, he's doing me an impression of me on Friday night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So oh sad. no! Oh man! Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, there's definitely, you know, I think everyone's been there where there's like certain, you know, Friday or Saturday nights where you're like, "What? What's everyone up to? Like, why am I just sitting, <laughs> what's I'm going sitting on? alone? You're not, you know, you're not doing the, you know, taking the agency to go do something. But I mean, it's also, or you know, like them, we're in, you know, and. <laughs> They're in quarantine now. <laughs> quarantine times. No. Oh god, mask up, everybody! I don't think the nano machines care about the masks. Yeah, wear your yeah, wear your yeah, wear your face diapers, you cocks. Um, oh my god! <laughs> fuck? Coming um, from the no. guy who just cursed out anti <laughs> Uh, so so I, we sh- I, we should un- mention unpredictable. Uh, no, so during the well, uh, about the I just I just want to go back to uh, to prior to um, to Vincent molesting Faye, where he talks about how he was the only one who survived the the war on Titan, but he um, lost his memory. So he talks about how he sees hallucinations of butterflies, and he says he knows they don't exist, but he's lost all memory of the old reality. So. Yeah, he, he's it's definitely that. he's been gaslit to the point where he's just like, okay. I'm just literally, you know, doing this. He's doing it not for the lulls per se, but because he's just lost all track of who he is, what reality is. And that's why he became a terrorist, which in terms of 
while you become a terrorist. I guess there are worse things, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, know. his whole thing that, like, doesn't make sense in this movie is, like, I don't really understand, like, especially with his, like, dissociative amnesia, like, why he's a terrorist. Like, it just sort of feels like a very convenient thing to, like, get the plot moving. And it is why, like, it's kind of funny when you were talking about earlier, Jack, the Watanabe, like, oh, like, you know, this is one of my best villains. Nah, nah, he was pretty average. Um, like, it's like, it kind of <laughs> makes sense that, like, he went back on it because, like, Vincent's not a very memorable villain and he's not a villain with, like, a purpose that, like, kind of makes sense. Yeah. I guess like, his purpose is that he's pissed off at, you know, the guys who put him through this bullshit, the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, but he like, doesn't have his memory. So, like, shouldn't he just be um, like, I work at the convenience store selling <laughs> isn't he chicken red? Doors. Why is he poisoning hot dogs? Like it's like. <laughs> why is he poisoning anything? <laughs> like, like why is like if he has no memory, like and he's just seeing butterflies? Why isn't he working at like you know a goddamn like butterfly sanctuary or something? Like it's just so like it just kind of is a weird thing outside of like oh we need a, an ex-military guy with this backstory. Like I kind of wish it would have made more sense if he like had well at the very end of the movie he admits that he like remembers Electra because you know. Spoiler alert, Electra and Vincent were at one point, I think a couple. Like, I wish she had, like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish she didn't have the amnesia thing that he, like, maybe just had some sort of, like, yeah, constant. Maybe like, he was just legitimately, yeah, he was actually just, you know, actually on a revenge quest rather than just, you know, killing people for the lulls, which, you know, and he wasn't playing video games like Simon, so we can't blame that. Yeah, Lee Sampson, like, you know, we can't blame him, but. But so yeah, that's kind of my big like kind of crux to it, where I'm just like, let's, ah, it doesn't make as much sense as I want let's to. Let's talk about creepy coworker Steve, um, Electra's coworker, who who back in the early 2000s, this was considered somewhat somewhat charming, where a coworker extorts extorts another coworker for a date. So. Yeah, this this you could have flip a channel uh, for you know for a random rom com movie from the late nineties, and you'd probably find this character, and he'd probably be the protagonist. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, oh dude. I mean, like so many movies are just like about the the guy. He nags the girl, and then he you know asks her ten thousand times, and she finally says yes, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I I mean I I prescribe to the two text rule where you know you text someone once and it's like okay maybe they're busy you text someone twice and it's like okay that's intentional and you move on. It depends. It depends on you know I I, I we're not going let's not um, go into relationship yeah. advice. Oh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. But yeah, creepy coworker Steve, not the guy to follow. But yeah. He definitely, he definitely in another in another series maybe there's a rom-com that Steve is a protagonist of. <laughs> He's got his own series. He's just, you know, he's not involved. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to fight Vicious. He, he doesn't have to do any of that. When they do run into him the second time, he does say, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to have that date. So at least he realizes that. So good for him for having some self-awareness. So we, we get a lot of plot stuff. Um, that's all I can describe it as because this is, you know, third act plot stuff. So it turns out, like, may, Robert, are you better at summarizing this than me? Because to be honest, uh, I'm good. Yeah. Well, OK, so we learned that we learned I mentioned earlier that Electra's blood has the kind of anti anti whatever substance that kills the nanomachines. And so you mean the, the antibodies? He's got she's got the antibodies. <laughs> um so the uh, lab, Steve, Lab Tech, and all the other labs distill the antidote from her blood, 
And so, you know, the uh, Bebop crew, I think actually it's just Spike and Electra at that point, steal all the antidote, the pouches of the antidote. They go back to the Bebop, they inform everyone on the crew and what's going on. And then they just, you know, they figure it out. They go and they try their best to stop Vincent's plot. They get the old, um, the old uh, airplane. Oh yeah, that's right. One thing's that Spike tells Jet to do before he runs off to go, you know, meet, uh, to find Vincent at the Halloween parade. It's gotta, you gotta find me airplanes. And that leads to our favorite characters, the three old men. They finally get something to do in the plot. Um, and yeah, they're the ones piloting those planes, which they, they I love. Pi- from the, they, like the Smithsonian, they basically jacked all the planes from the Smithsonian. Yeah, they're like, we haven't flown these, or these planes haven't been flown in decades, which is crazy to say. And some even fall out of the I sky mean, as they're talking about it. Yeah, that's a that's another fun little visual gag. Uh, how did first of all, how did these planes make it to Mars? That's the other question. So Bezos, they, uh, he he wanted uh, some remnants of the Earth, so, so they didn't yeah, ship them go. out. Yeah. So or no, maybe they just built these planes on Mars, but it's been just so long since then. That's I true mean, too. Could potentially, be that. yeah. Potentially, it was just a thing that, like, you know, maybe they needed crop dusters when they first colonized Mars. I don't, you know, it's yeah, you know, I, yeah. Um, Mars famously dusty. Um, <laughs> the the song the song that plays here is called "What Planet Is This?" and it's a James Brown uh, style song, and I fucking love it. Like this oh, whole yeah, sequence, it's great. It's, it's great. so good. The dogfight sequence is sincerely. And like obviously there's a bit padding there's padding to it but it's good padding like it's just very interesting obviously the army has like literally no reason to be like chasing him i don't even I, think they know he's it's him in the plane they're just bored i was so confused about this because i thought isp issp were the army but no they're the police force and the army is the army which i don't know how the army works in space we don't even know which country date is dominant in this world not to my knowledge i'm gonna look i mean i'm guessing the martian (laughs) government's probably Uh, pretty powerful i guess i guess yeah it would be the martian government then yeah that would be the army they're referring so it's not like the the universe what is the star trek uh united (laughs) federation (laughs) yeah this is the the united federation of galaxies or something yeah. stupid. Like United that. Federation of Planets. They don't have the, you know, a central command center and, you know. Gotcha. So this would be the Mars Army. Gotcha. That's the army we're talking about. Yeah, the Martian so Army. Mars Army versus uh, ISSP. So yeah, I guess it's I guess it's the difference between the army versus uh the police or FBI or whatever. A very mi- militarized police, so American police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, we get a fun little like thing with like uh, Hoffman and the army leader, who's like uh, the army leader, who's like all decked out in um, what is it, uh, protective gear because he's a wuss. Yeah, that basically they they both all the army and the ISS ISSP uh, uh, spam the uh, water treatment plant of the of the Martian colony there, and thinking that they're going to find you know the what the actual Vincent the the, the chemical. What I'm losing my train of thought here. Yeah. Uh, let's find the uh, nanomachines, but then obviously they're tricked, and but then they just like you know they butt heads and yeah. be stupid. So yeah. standard authorities in movies of this era, they just very suck. much so. Um, so yeah, Spikey has this dog fight sequence, which is very well animated. Uh, then the swordfish it runs 
out of fuel and it crashes onto the Golden Gate Bridge and he has to take a cab to the Eiffel Tower. He just runs out after traffic gets too bad. He just runs out, doesn't even pay his fare. Yeah, poor guy. I like the character design for the the cab driver too. It's, well, it's not, not just... like the Eiffel Tower. It's like sort of a version. It's of it's like Tokyo Towers. Yeah, really it's what like it to- I would say it's of. yeah more like Tokyo Tower. Um, which I mean, it's, it's I don't I feel like there's probably like a specific design style that that's called, but like obviously the Eiffel Tower is the most famous one. Mm. Uh, but it's it's fair because it's like yeah. I've, I could also see them like just creating Eiffel Tower in Mars. <laughs> like it just feels like one of those things. So, um, yeah, yeah, after the Side Twin note. Towers, Side note. Yeah. <laughs> after the two and Towers and the Golden Gate Bridge, they just nostalgia. Well, I mean, I'll tell. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising that you know, even you know, even though this is said twenty seventy one, so what is it? Uh, 70 years after nine eleven, <laughs> you know, you never can never forget, forget, man. Never forget. As exactly. the resident American, never forget. I think I, yeah, I've told this story. I don't know if I've told this story on the uh, podcast where uh, when I was in Japan, uh, we were in a small town uh, called Nika, and we were like wandering, and they had this miniatures museum nearby where we, the hotel we were staying at. And we like, were like, oh, screw it. Well, you've got the day. Let's go with you there. And as we were walking towards it, all of a sudden, the skyline, you see the Twin Towers, and they have like a full replica of the Twin Towers standing there. <laughs> I saw like a, a couple full, photos like, of my, on my Instagram it? of it because I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Oh lordy! The one good thing is they do put like, uh, it's like a like kind of like a gravestone for the twin towers for the like 1971 to 2001. Like you're like, oh my god, Jesus um, lord! But yeah, never forget. Yeah, you know, rip the buildings, not the three thousand plus people that died. <laughs> we'll rip everyone. Uh, we'll rip everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So Spike and Vincent, they have their big, their big confrontation, their big rematch. Um. Yeah. Vince. Yeah. I, I like. I like the Vince. fact that, like Vincent is like physically stronger than Spike. I think that's fun. Yeah. I mean, he's six foot four. They're both kind of lanky, but he's he's a scary looking dude. The uh, I we. Faye makes it rain. We did kind of, we, she goes and holds up a water control station or a weather control station, has them rain on the, on the Halloween parade, kind of a dick move, but for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the Halloween uh, day parade. All right. Like things happen. All right. There's, there's an expectation of fireworks or like, you know, uh, so loud noises. Like if you're triggered by loud noises, uh, it probably shouldn't be out seeing a parade at all to be good to begin with. Mm. Yeah, though I, then again, I, really need that. Uh, really need that Halloween parade. Circle back around. We need that here. Yeah, bring it. Bring it to North America. Bring it into existence. <laughs> um. So yeah, they have their big confrontation, and I do like that Spike again because Spike is the coolest character in all of <laughs> in all of fiction. Um. He lets Vincent uh press the detonator and uh get away with it. Although of course there's reasons for that, but it's still a cool moment where the hero is like, yeah, fucking do it, buddy. Yeah, the old man already crop dusted our heart. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it's raining. So the antidote's all out. I was yeah. actually confused because, like, you know, it's crop dusting. When I think of, like, if it's going to rain after you're going to cross crop dust the antibodies, uh, at that point, like, wouldn't it, like, just get, like, washed away? I, I, it didn't uh, make sense. The well, logic well, wasn't explains there. that it, like, you know, it made it so uh, it was faster for everyone to get the uh, antidote. 
the vaccine, if you will. I uh, guess it just didn't make too much sense. And what happened to the people like inside that didn't that got exposed that didn't get rained on? That's what I want to know. They died. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. Okay, <laughs> that's the answer. Um, I, I, I'm not. Maybe they, you know, like windows aren't that thick on Mars, right? Oh, like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Vincent, he goes all ranty, and he asks Spike whether Titan was real, if the butterflies are real, or if it's all a dream. And then Electra... We look at the first time where we see the butterflies. And it's like no, we like, see oh, no, the no, butterflies first with Faye. Oh, yeah, we saw them, but I felt like this was the most kind of beautiful of it, when he's, like, on the ground, and you see the butterflies. And, and then like, you see the flashback of him on Titan, seeing the butterflies are chasing them amidst the dunes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's what I meant. I didn't, like... I was thinking more about, like, the beautifulness of the last kind of shot. Yeah, no, the shots again. The, this cowboy bebop being gorgeous is not a is not a, a new concept to us. Making me no uh, new thing. This also, is we not... can talk about the hat Vincent was wearing when he was oh, like yeah. in the final thing where he looked like a pilgrim. <laughs> like, he looked like he, he was a warlock. I think it was he was supposed to be. Yeah, it was just like that was like I I kind of liked the idea that he had like a costume on for Halloween, so people would be like, "All right, that's not like." Totally out of the realm, but also this isn't I feel just like... some normal creepy dude walking around. This is a creepy dude in costume on Halloween. Therefore, yeah, I don't know if this guy. Yeah, I don't know if this guy's creepy or cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just gotta shout out that hat. <laughs> good hat, good hat, G- good hat. Uh, and then Electra finally comes in to end the movie by shooting Vincent finally, and then he falls. Yeah, down. they they have this thing where they're they're basically dueling off each other, and then she fires, but Vincent doesn't because he remembers. He remembers that he loved her. It was all about love, <laughs> love and terrorism and an international conspiracy of, to hide, you know, banned chemical weapons and technology. And what? <laughs> Watanabe, you did it again. Yeah. Is this all real? Is is this all real? Um, yeah. So he realizes that there was no door out of this world and then he dies. So that's a I bummer. Mean, he, he got his door. Out of the, <laughs> he got his door. Yeah. He's gone. But don't worry. He, we Yeah, this is Spike's alive and we never see Electra again. <laughs> Yeah, no. she 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 she's never a character again. They don't invite her onto the ship, even though she's like clearly very good at her job. And you know, I think she's probably in trouble with the ISSP anyway. So she's probably yeah, lost. yeah. She's a legit fugitive at this point, which so, technically Spike is too. But at that time, at the same time, yeah. it's just like oh man, uh, maybe they'll pull a Walking Dead in the live action one and kill off Faye and then replace her with Electra or something. <laughs> just don't even mention it. It's just like we can only have one female character, right, guys? That's, yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, this feels very much like Lupin the Third, where where Lupin in the movies, Lupin will meet usually a, a younger female character, and they'll be very competent and be like basically the lead of the story. But then they have to find a way at the very end to be like, oh yeah, you can't join me because you know this is a movie and we can't we can't let you do that. Yeah, and I'm the main character. I think you need to understand that. <laughs> yeah, you you have you have the potential for a spin-off maybe. 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 Yeah, maybe. The fact um, that you're a woman major d- down points in that area. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Hey, uh, I'm just I'm just channeling the producer mindset. Yeah. I mean again, Faye is the one who really suffers in this film. I think the treatment of her is pretty pretty fucking garbage 
All right. Uh, I guess we've talked about the movie. I mean, I already said way earlier about Faye's final shot, which is her losing the ponies. We've got um, Jed's final shot is just him and the bebop staring at the the shogi board. Mm -hmm. Um, Ed and I are are fishing. And then the final shot of the series, uh, chronologically at least, is Spike lying down, seeing a butterfly, and then grabbing it with his hand, and then uh, revealing nothing. So... (laughs) That was, True. yeah, that was an interesting, I mean, yeah, the, the post-credit scenes, I not really post-credit, the, the, the mid-credits, the during the credit scenes is very, yeah, I mean, we got a lot to see a little snapshots of all the various characters we met. We didn't see what happened to Elektra. I don't think we saw anything with her. Like, I think legitimately on the towers the last time we see her. Yeah, I mean, you really got to savor those credits because, again, this is like also the last animated portion we ever see of the show. So, you know, yeah. when, when I watch this movie, I just sit down. Also, the song is awesome and the song is titled Gonna Knock a Little Harder. I should also say the title of this movie in Japan is Cowboy Bebop Knocking on Heaven's Door as opposed to just the movie. Oh, yeah. Watanabe loves his his Western media. I mean, like legitimately like, yeah, he's like he's like Kojima. He's like sweary. He's like a few other Japanese creators who are just obsessed with American and, you know, Western culture. And I think it's it's really cute because sometimes they do it a lot better than, you know, we do it. They make things that inspire us inspire further western works like cowboy bebop most definitely yeah are we ready to to get into final thoughts i guess or i guess no we gotta do the speed wagon first so we gotta do the speed wagon allow me to elucidate ya the name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. All right. For those just joining in, our Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character in this film. Um, basically, anyone who's not part of the Bebop crew. And I think uh, Vincent and Electra are also disqualified for uh, from it. Oof, so uh, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly well, a tough it, one. It, it, well, okay. Well, I'll go with mine because also I thought of this ahead of time with the, these arbitrary rules I just placed. Um, (laughs) i I did not inform malcolm or robert of the rules i made them um anyways my speed wagon is uh shadkins yeah i figured that was gonna be it for you i was like when you said his name and everything i was like yeah it makes a lot of sense (laughs) shadkins is my speed wagon i like i mean i know death note came out after this show but i like how he reminds me of a character in death note who i liked who also was an afro detective who was also kind of i mean the detective in death note's more competent but again still kind of a funny character funny side character and nothing bad nothing bad happened to them so i was happy so shadkins was not a casualty uh he just Mm. had hay fever for everyone uh he didn't have nano machines in him so yeah he's a nice little supporting guy i dug him i dug uh, what about you, Malcolm? I, you know what? I'm going with the parade. That's my. Yeah. I feel like fair enough. I feel, I <laughs> feel like a, a Halloween Day parade deserves more love. I would be more into Halloween if there was a Halloween Day parade. I mean, I don't famously go to a lot of parades, but uh, 
I'd, I'd definitely be more interested, right? We got to like, start it, Malcolm. We got to do this. We got to figure Yeah, we got to start it. We're going to like, I'll team up with some sort of department store, not Macy's. They're already doing Thanksgiving. Uh, do Bloomingdale's. Who cares? Yeah, maybe Bloomingdale's, maybe the Burlington Coat Factory. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Target. Um, maybe bring back Zellers, right? That's the that's the Zellers way in uh, back into the market. <laughs> yeah, there but, you go. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I feel like it's that there isn't a lot of side characters to really like latch onto in this movie. Um, so yeah, I've got to say that yeah, the parade for me. I think it's it's a toss up right now, which is it's a very poor toss up. It's either Rashid, which it, what you did not ban though you could have, or it's that poor warehouse guy who who he did, not poor, but he tried he was in on the conspiracy and then you just get stabbed to death in the apartment. You didn't love Lee Sampson? Uh, I found him very, uh, a little annoying. The fact that he was, you know, he was the, uh, the gamer social outcast. What? <laughs> yeah. You didn't like Mr. The Mr. Robot of the cowboy bebop universe. <laughs> he, just want, <laughs> he just wanted to see Sparky doggy. That's all he I wanted, wanted to say. Sparky Doggy. Yeah, you know what? Maybe if Sparky Doggy was actually in the movie, then we could, we had something to talk about. Uh, yeah, who the hell uh, Sparky Doggy? We need answers. Someone email Watanabe. Right. No, I would. Say, I think Rashid. Rashid. I'll. I'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll zoom in. I, even if he is voiced by, uh, or I'll lock in my choice. Even if he is voiced by Nicholas Guest, who is a middle, famous Middle Eastern actor. Nicholas yeah, famous Guest. Middle Eastern actor. Uh, what what is his? He has a he's a Baron Harden Guest of the English. Uh, he is an English royalty. If you didn't know, he was part of the English peerage or the British peerage. Listen, he's basically the Lawrence of Arabia of voice actors. <laughs> So, yeah. I dig it. I mean, Rashid works because he's got that sick uh, lighter. Oh, yeah. The lighter's awesome. And he's just, in, in actuality, he's just a guy who's apparently very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people went up to him while he was in the market and be like, oh, Rashid, what's it going, buddy? But in Farsi, of course. Um, and But, the, yeah, he was really cool. And, you know, I think in the end, he's just, he unleashed a devil upon the world and was trying to make, you know, make amends. So I think that's a yeah. good, good enough reason for him to be the speed wagon. Listen, if we're talking about movies, just remember, you know, John Reese Davies played, uh, played a, a person of Arab descent in the Indiana Jones movie. So it's not listen, a lot of pop culture is tainted. That's, by that. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Hey, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal uh, was the Prince of Persia. Oh yeah. That was like oh. 20, that was like 2011. Fuck. Oh, the entire, yeah, that entire Exodus cause a King's cast. Joel Edgerton and Christian Bale are the two most Egyptian actors of, in Hollywood. Do you know how pissed Disney was? The fact that they had to to cast an actual, um, per, I don't even think Arab is actually the right word either. Fuck, I'm, I'm being an asshole. A Middle um, Eastern descent. Per, a, a, per, a person of Middle Eastern descent for Aladdin. Like, you can tell the executives were probably swearing. They were like, Just fuck, like, we want- fuck. We wanted Zac Efron for this. This was made. Aladdin was supposed to be portrayed by Zac Efron. And I mean, Rami Malek is like the closest that they could do. But at the same Malek. time, he's probably more expensive at that point. Like they probably yeah. they didn't more want to put uh, money in. Jaf- you know, Jafar. He, sh- he should have played Jafar. Fuck, he would have been a good Jafar. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. The cast that movie is not bad. No, I gotta get that. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I watched Aladdin. Take it or leave I, it. I watched Aladdin once. I enjoyed the Will Smith stuff. It was fine. Yeah, it was Guy Ritchie's best movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know Will Smith is is a good enough actor. He's he's got, he's more charismatic. 
I got a buddy who is just super into Guy Ritchie movies. Like, not even just like old Guy Ritchie movies, but new ones. He's like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to see that. I'm like, seriously? Yeah, he's like, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the only one in the theater when Wrath of Man comes out. What he, the hell? He, he did see Wrath of Man. He went to the theater. Or I guess he ordered it on Netflix or some shit, whatever. Uh, but he's the guy who's who's letting Guy Ritchie still make movies, including... Uh, he, he ordered it off Netflix. He's the one guy who still uses their DVD service. <laughs> Freaking like Guy Rapper Ritchie. Man, please, uh, in DVD format. I don't have the cap- capability to play it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Anyways, uh, final thoughts on Cowboy Bebop knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, I feel like I'm more positive about this movie, although in our discussion, I definitely see some of the negatives. Um, I find this movie to just be a delight. It's a fun movie to watch. I think, obviously, there were better Bebop episodes. I think Bebop is also, you know, going back to what I said earlier about the show uh, itself being mini movies, that show is just, you know, it's all killer, no filler in a lot of those episodes. They just kind of know how to make the most of, you know, 22 minutes. I think this would have been perfect. 90 minutes, get rid of the padding, or, or at least reduce some of the padding, switch it up a bit. I think a perfect hour and a half, I think it would have been absolutely i mean it's already a really great movie i love it i love it i love it that's my final impressions but at the same time cut a cut away a bit at it and i think it's a perfect movie yeah Yeah. like me on thanksgiving uh this movie is a little overstuffed um (laughs) and so and i and so yeah you know cut out some of the yeah the fillers and i think you've got a really good movie which is and i think it's i it's weird because the TV show, like you said, Jack, is like all killer, no filler. And so to have a movie that's, you know, got a lot of filler is it's kind of a shocking thing to see. Uh, but at the same time, this is a really great uh, movie. It's a nice continuation of the world. It was really nice to go see, you know, have another adventure with Spike and Jet and Faye and Ed and Ayn, you know, the whole gang. Um, even though, uh, you know, I think Jet and Faye and Ed and Ayn all don't really have a ton to do. No. <laughs> not, especially not with each I, other. Th- that's like the one thing I wish they like this movie had was that they were all like working together. Maybe more of like what this movie should have really been is this this plot should have been an episode of the TV show. And then they, they should have made a movie that's more maybe more heist oriented or something where like each of their skills has to be put on display for them to solve a problem. Whereas this is just sort of like Spike goes off on an adventure and again, it could have been an episode. Yeah, it was the Vin for a while. It was the Vincent and Electra show and uh, with, with, with Spike. <laughs> it also makes me sad that this show uh, or this is the only movie. I'm surprised they didn't do like a string of kind of like these sort of one-off movies of just like, yeah, this kind of takes place between X episode and X episode. Or like, you know, I feel like there was opportunity for that. But obviously after this, you know, Watanabe, you know, the intel from the Bush administration was starting to dry up and he had to move on to other projects. <laughs> exactly. He had to, you know, and then we, you know, we got Space Dandy and a few others. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and did he do sh- uh, Samurai Champloo after this? Yeah, yeah so that, that was his immediate follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he's, you know, Carolyn Tuesday and, you know. He's done and- a lot of stuff. No, I mean, I guess that's the thing with him. He just, again, the, the nature of Cowboy Bebop is that really you could have like a, a ton of movies. You could have it like one piece. It's got that kind of easy structure where it's like, oh, it's just a movie where they find another bounty. It does kind of seem, it does kind of seem as if uh, it's what is one of the marks of the good kind of universe is that you can imagine it 
that it keeps going after you've closed the book or, or the movie ended. Like if you can in your head, if you could like imagine things keeping going, then it's, I think that's one of the, it's a really great positive aspect to Cowboy Bebop and a few other series out there yeah. that are able to do that. I totally agree with that. Like this is like, this is better than Star Wars. Uh, this is better than Star Trek. This is probably like, probably my favorite space themed kind of universe at this point and i don't have high regard for many so like this is you're not really a fantasy sci-fi guy to begin with that's that's why i did not invite malcolm to dune i was like but you ended up seeing dune anyways but i I did see dune it was 10 out of 10 visuals and this uh, it's it's hard for me to grade it because it's incomplete i'm speaking of overstuffed I've seen Dune twice now. I enjoyed it. I think the last 30 minutes drags because you can tell they're just like, oh, fuck, we have to include this because we don't want to include it for the next part or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. The nature of adapting an 800 page book. So, yeah, I think I think that kind of yeah wraps up the final thoughts. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, let's uh, do a quick. Uh, Jack, what are we covering next week? We are covering Baki Hanma. We've already covered Baki before with uh, Private Citizen Domenico. We're now, uh, Domenico is not returning for this because he already did JoJo a while ago. Uh, someone else will come with us to talk about the latest series of uh, Baki because that's how Netflix uh, avoids the, the, the three season rule, <laughs> the three season curse. They just make it a new show. So Baki Hanma episodes one to six. You'll, uh, if you're trying to identify Baki Hanma, you'll know it's the episodes with the, ex- it's the prison arc where Baki goes to prison. So Episodes one to six of Baki Hanma. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I remember watching those episodes. I I binged it all in like one day and I was texting Malcolm just uh, random clips of it. So it's going to be a fun show to do because it's there's a lot of wacky shit in Baki. Where can uh, people find you, Robert? Do you want to be found on social media? Not so much. Uh, I'm in downtown San Diego uh, most weekends, at least one. Well, most weekends, I, I try to do at least one or two nights a week of stand-up open mic at Madhouse Comedy Club. If you want to guys want to find me there, I mean, don't stab me, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jack, where can people find you on social media? Uh, Jack is Jack on instagram only real jack m on twitter and uh, people can find me at malcolm rj mcleod on instagram and twitter not that active on twitter but you know i do i post stuff on uh instagram uh and yeah and if you want to follow the podcast at is this anime pod on uh, instagram and uh twitter uh that's where you can find you know different clips a little advertising if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to like help uh, us out you know help a small podcast like us out yeah please feel free to leave a review on like apple or google or something give us some stars you know it really helps us Uh, word of mouth is the best way to help a small podcast like us out so please uh don't hesitate uh tell your friends this is a show for uh weebs and noobs alike as jack likes to say at the beginning of the episode uh anyways i i think that about does it uh thank you yeah thank you robert for uh coming uh along on this ride and we've got one more cowboy bebop adventure to go which is the live action show i can't believe we're you know kind of at the end of this uh, of the animated experience there's been a lot of fun so uh yeah i think this is uh, a good time to say and remember watanabe is hashtag truth Later, Power Bottoms.